Welcome to the Wonderland Podcast. I'm your host, France Tapon. In this episode, I interviewed the mayor of Burlingame, California, Donna Colson. She's running for re-election in 2019. And I asked her about what is life like as the mayor? What does she do all day long? What is it like to sit on the city council? What do they do? Who knows? Well, we'll find out. Now, do you want to take a life-changing travel adventure, but you either hate planning or you don't know where to start? Tour Radar is a trusted online marketplace that helps you find, compare, and book multi-day tours that will expand your horizons through life-enriching travel experiences. And now, WanderLearn listeners can visit Tour Radar for a chance to win $1,000 in travel credits. Go to tourradar.com slash wanderlearn for your chance to win. Again, that's tourradar.com slash wanderlearn to get $1,000 in travel credits, or at least the chance to win. And now, enjoy my interview with the mayor of Burlingame, California. Welcome to the Wander Learn Podcast. I'm your host, Francis Tapon. In this episode, I have the mayor of Burlingame, California, Donna Colson. How are you? I'm well, thank you. <laughs> so you're running for re-election, mm-hmm. and we're going to try to stuff the ballots for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's really good. The uh, the Manchurian candidate for Hillsborough. That's right. (laughs) There's a lot of things that people, I don't know, Jack, well, can we say Jack shit in this interview? Yes, we can. Sure. I'm good with it. Oh, I don't know Jack shit about local politics and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. I really don't. And I think a lot of people don't. And so I thought, even though a lot of people who will be listening to this are nowhere near Burlingame, California, they face similar issues, whether in Minnesota, et cetera. Or even in another country. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's start off with the whole idea of why did you get involved in public service? You used to have a real life. Mm -hmm. You actually earned a real paycheck. And you gave it up for poverty wages, basically for the mayor. I mean, you guys get paid how many pennies? We get paid uh, about $600 a month. So $5,000 a year. Smoking. Yeah, you're making a ton of money. You're doing it for the money. And this is Burlingame, California, one of the richest cities yeah. In America, as far as income, yeah. right? Yeah. That the average income here is not six hundred dollars a no, month. No, it's like ninety-two thousand <laughs> a, a year. year. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so then, um, why the hell? What was going through your mind, Donna? Yeah, you, you. <laughs> my husband asks me that question all the time, for sure, hundred percent. Well, you know, I so I had worked, I had worked for twenty-seven years in the real world, in the business world. Um, finance, doing all kinds of fun things, traveling everywhere, got my million miles on United Airlines. <laughs> and, um, you know, the guys I was working for retired, so I decided to retire as well. My husband's a few years younger than me, and I said, hey, you know, this is how it's going to be. I'm going to go first. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it's a lot traveling. My kids were in high school, so I felt like it was time mm-hmm to stay home and spend a little more time with them. Well, it took about three months of mom being around more. I have a small business in town, so I was attending to that. And then my kids were like, hey, mom, you need a job. (laughs) (laughs) Little did they know that the job that I would get would be um, running for city council. So, But hold on, take a step back. Before that, you... I think the light bulb that went off in your head, you were doing some sort of fundraiser. Yeah, well, so so what we were doing is I was working for the, um, I was on the Park and Rec Commission. Mm-hmm. I was also doing work for the Community Foundation. And I had just been involved in the schools and in the city for all of, you know, the eight, at that time, 18 years that I had lived here. And what happened was one of the existing uh, people on city council, a woman named Ann Kegren, and another, a couple of them, actually, Ann Ricardo Ortiz, 
uh, kind of both came to me and said, hey, you know, you've been on the planning commission, you've done all this work, you know, why don't you consider running for council? And I said, are you kidding me? There's no way, there's no possible way I'm gonna do that. You know, it's just, it's a ton of work and everybody's, you know, mad at you all the time, so why would I do it? And then, you know, I sat down, I talked to my family and my girls and my husband, and my husband's like, you know, you have trained your whole entire life for this job. You know, you have a background in affordable housing and in budgets and pensions. Your dad's a civil engineer, so you understand like how cities get put together, the physical elements of it. You've been involved in sports, you sports, schools, everything. Like you have been in training for this. You ought to do it. And so once my kids decided it was better to have me micromanaging my own political career rather than their college application, (laughs) there it was. So, you know, I think um, in my case, it wasn't like, oh, there's something really wrong with Burlingame and I need to run, which Mm. I think is how a lot of people get started. Something Didn't Clint Eastwood start that way? He did too, yeah. I think Clint Eastwood was pissed off because of some yeah. sort of, I can't remember what the hell. Oh, what, yeah. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, no. Well, it, it was, could have been water down there in Carmel. It, was, it, was it could have been a million and one things. irritated him. I, development. This is, yeah. You know, the, the big issues are usually development, mismanagement of mm. finances, um, maybe a lot of criminal activity. There's, you know, a million things that people kind of in, get rallied around one little cause and then Mm. they tend to run Mm. so for me it was a more holistic approach in that i really just loved burlingame and i loved the people that i worked with and i thought hmm well maybe it's you know maybe this actually is something that i could take all these skills that i've built up over 27 years 30 years and i could actually do some good with them so it was really more of a philanthropic um and, and, and a desire to really work with some amazing colleagues that were already on the council, as well as great staff, and then just bring my skill set to base, you know, to bear in the city if if the voters would have me. Now, Donna, most people use the word politician as an insult oh, or yeah. as a bad word. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't remember. The approval rating of Congress is like 11 yeah. percent or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Basically, if you want to insult somebody. Call him a politician. Oh, yeah. And, I, and I've been called that before. Like, I, it's so, no, no, no. It's so funny. People, people have written about it, other things that I was working on, and they've said, and we're really mad about this. And did you know she's a politician? And they never like just write it with an explanation point. It's like, it, explanation point. It's like italics. Italic. And right. it's like big capital bold letters, right, right, you know, right. politician. Right. So, yeah, there is a really negative connotation, I think, for most so, politicians. Now, it seems like I mean, the, the typical politician image is that it's some egomaniac who is because we get this from, I, I suppose, from the, the highest levels of government mm-hmm. now. So there's a percentage of politicians, I think, even at the highest levels of mm-hmm. government, even those who are running for president, who are truly um, in it for the public service. Mm-hmm. And then some are truly for the just stroking their ego. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, most of them are a combination, maybe 80, 20 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what can you say a little bit about that? And do you need to have a big ego to run at the highest levels of government? And uh, well, I, I think you need to have very thick skin to mm-hmm. run at the highest levels of government mm-hmm. and, and even at the low levels, mm-hmm. you know, it's really unfortunate because I think a lot of really smart and wise people mm-hmm. could, um, could be running for elected office and would mm-hmm. be interested in it, but the sort They're, of 
social media and the kind of bullying and mean-spiritedness mm-hmm. that tends to go on in local politics, not local and all the way up, you know, deters a lot of people from going. So, you know, you have to have done something like coach kids sports or something like that, that, you know, has given you really thick skin or maybe been involved with the schools um, and maybe even just worked in the real work world where, you know, in my job, I had to sometimes go in and tell people, we've lost a lot of your money. The market's down and your money, you know, money's been gone and that's hard to do to people. And, you know, it'll come back, but you know, it's all of those kind of hard business decisions and negotiations that kind of prepare you to step into this role. Um, but as far as like ego or whatever, I would say at the local level, my experience here on the peninsula is that on the whole, pretty much everyone that I have met is really in it because they care about their community and implicitly care about their community. And they may be, um, and we're pretty diverse on the peninsula. It's, it's a lot of women, a lot of minorities, um, people that have been involved in the community for years, you know, on average 10, 15, 20 years. So I actually think here on the peninsula, people do it because they, they actually really care about making a difference in their community. I don't even know if you're a Republican or a Democrat, and it doesn't even seem to matter to people at the local level what party you are in, or maybe you're a Libertarian or Green Party, or who knows. And yet at the national level, there's huge partisanship. And, mm-hmm. and so why is it that at the local level, at least here in this part of the world, it doesn't seem to be that people are so obsessed about what tribe you're from. Right. So the first good thing is that all of these school board seats and city council seats, they're they're nonpartisan seats. So you don't have to run as a Republican, Democrat or an independent or whatever. You just run. And your party really doesn't come out in any way. It, it actually... Um, the only way you would know what party someone might be is if they got an endorsement from that party. So take me, for example. I'm a no political party. I'm an NPP. And so you won't... You're not independent? No. I'm a just, So what's the difference? So so an in, the independent party is its own party. There's a party There's called a independent? There's a party called American Independent Party. Who knew? Yeah, there is. There is. <laughs> As and, Donald Trump once said, who knew? Who knew? That's it. Who knew? There is. And in fact, I think Gavin Newsom's actually trying to create, like at, say somehow that they have to change their name in order to register to vote or something in this upcoming election because it's a small sliver, but they're kind of swing voters. So it's really interesting. But the I am in what is essentially the second largest party in California, which is no political party or no political preference, NPP. And um, we're bigger than the Republican Party. We're just a little bit smaller than the Democratic Party. And there are people like me who... Um, really don't, I don't really affiliate with one party or another because um, I just, I'm really here for the people of Burlingame and to do what's best for Burlingame. And sometimes those things like really fiscally conservative and making sure that we keep our finances in line and, and monitoring any taxes that we put in place, those are very Republican ideals. And, you know, but socially, trying to bring in more affordable housing and trying to help and lift up the very um, most vulnerable in our community, those are very Democratic Party kind of ideals. So in a lot of ways, at the local level, 
if you 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 want to mesh a lot of those um, characteristics together and I and I just don't particularly want to be beholden to any party and I'm not running for higher office down the road right now so I don't really need an affiliation so why can't we do this also I mean this sounds all great and fabulous mm-hmm. why can't we do so why, this at the national why isn't level? there a third party or, or, or like an NPP, whatever yeah, it's called. Just, why can't why can't NPP be the biggest party in America? Yeah, you would wonder, right? It, it, For, it on the national level. Yeah, I think I think most people, if you ask them, they're like in the middle of the bell curve, right? They're they're pretty sure. Um, they're they're By definition socially, yeah, yeah. you know, they're pretty liberal socially, pretty fiscally mm-hmm. conservative. They right. try to blend it all together. And certainly in the coast, yeah, I, I agree. But the yeah. problem I think is really that when you get to the party level, you get very extreme um, positions from the parties, mm-hmm. and so. The Republican Party tends to be a little more extreme. The Democratic Party, the, the people that run those parties are on the more extreme end. Mm. And in California, I don't think you see it that much because basically you cannot run for higher office in California really hardly at all, in at least in the Bay Area, if you're not a Democrat. I don't know right. when the last time a Republican has won anything in the Bay Area. Right. And only at the governor level right. have we had... Right. Right. Duke Majin and uh, Pete Wilson, Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger yeah. was a Republican right. officially. Right, right. Um, so. so, so yeah, you. I think what you get are like what I would call like Fifty Shades of Democrat. Mm-hmm. So you have the Mod Dems, which mm-hmm. are like the moderate Dems, and then you have like the socialist, social progressive Dems. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do have like factions within the Democratic Party along the spectrum, and you can pretty quickly figure out are people business friendly are they not and you just kind of have to analyze like that but it makes it really difficult to to you know distinguish now do you think there's any way to kind there's there's a lot of talk on the media about how partisan things Mm -hmm. have become at the national level i know Mm -hmm. you're not in the national politics but you obviously analyze this stuff i mean Mm Is it really, some people say, well, it's really not that different from 100 years ago or 200 years ago. We were fighting tooth and nail. It's just that. uh, Democrats are now Republicans and Republicans are now Democrats. Or something like that. Exactly. Right, 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 right. right. Lincoln was a Republican. Right, right, exactly. (laughs) Things like that. So, um, and, and, and you just look at the UK and other democracies where they're, they can go the. The yeah, there's 10 different parties, right? Right. And yeah. there's all sorts of tribalism that goes on yeah. there too. So in some ways, is this time really that different is my kind of one question. And and if it is different, if it is really so crazy and tribal, then is there a way out of this? Because it seems on the local level, Donna, that we have found a semi-solution. It yeah. doesn't look like you guys are too tribal. Yeah, no. No, we're not. We're actually, we, we all... So why can't we bring that to the national you, level? You wonder, you would wonder. And I'm not sure why we can't. I mean, I mean, I always ask the question of why don't we have more parties, viable parties? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're right. If you go into any other country in the world, there are usually multiple parties and there's, you have to really work collaboratively with these different parties in order to get anything done because everybody's a minority, essentially. Um, And we don't have that here, and it's because the both Democratic and the Republican parties are just very strong. They're very Mm -hmm. well-funded. They have a lot of backers and a lot of financial backers, so I think you're probably not going to see new parties emerge. But what what I think the key is is sort of capturing that moderate middle. Um, I think those voters often feel disenfranchised and that they don't have a home. And you you can see it, and whether it's you know um, a pro 
um, pro-life Democrat or, you know, who can't fit into their party. They can't figure out how to fit in sometimes. Or it's a, you know, a Republican who has, you know, a lot of interest in social issues or environmentalism, for example. So you, it's really hard to carve out these, you know, space in these two parties. So I think that's why you're seeing NPP grow. I, I, I hope that the, um, that as this younger generation of voters, which is, you know, I'm looking at all the voter rolls and I'm seeing who's registering as what, and a lot of young voters are designating no party preference. So maybe as these young voters come up and start to engage, they're going to be really issue-oriented. They're going to care about guns, gun safety. They're going to care about the environment. They're going to care about things like tobacco and vaping. And they're going to make sure that these, they're going to be, I think, more singularly issue-focused, housing, equity, those social justice. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, over time, I think the parties might change. And maybe, you know, maybe they'll need to adapt in order to bring these um, middle people into the fold a little more. And now for a 30-second word from our sponsor. Do you want to take a life-changing travel adventure, but you either hate planning or you don't know where to start? Tour Radar is a trusted online marketplace that helps you find, compare, and book multi-day tours that will expand your horizons through life-enriching travel experiences. Just type in a region you've always wanted to visit or your preferred travel style, and Tour Radar will do the rest. And right now, WanderLearn listeners can visit Tour Radar for a chance to win $1,000 in travel credits. Enter at tourradar.com slash wanderlearn. That's tourradar.com slash wanderlearn. Now, back to the show. Another big mystery for me is the day in the life of the mayor <laughs> of a mayor. Like what, you get up in the morning, maybe you shower, I don't know. But at some point, uh, maybe you <laughs> Do brush I your teeth. Do I smell or something across <laughs> exactly. the street? Can you smell that? <laughs> right. So, but at some point you got to head up to the office, sure. wherever the hell that is, City Hall probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then what do you do? do you, does the phone start ringing off the hook? You mm-hmm. know, there's a pothole here, Mayor. Mm-hmm. I got to go fix that. What do you do all day long, Donna? Yeah. We're so paying you a lot of money. You pay me a ton of money <laughs> and you own me for that. So, um, yeah, my morning usually starts much to the chagrin of my husband with me laying in bed and perusing my email. First of all, I'm usually reading... Um, my favorite thing to read in the morning is um, Cal Matters, which is all the legislation that's coming in from California. And it's a great nonprofit organization that does an electronic newsletter. And you can hop on there and just read everything about what's going on, all the bills, what's going on um, in the assembly, the Senate, the governor. And so I like to start off like kind of getting an update. And then I move into um, checking. I have all my emails stratified by what they are. So I First thing I go to is my city email and check out what's going on there. And usually I have one or two constituents that are trying to reach out to me on a whole array of issues. And they could be traffic, safety. It could be, um, you know, maybe um, the way they were, they didn't like the way they were treated somewhere along the way by someone in one of our departments. So they're calling to get assistance in solving a problem. That's a very, very rare um, occurrence um, in our city because generally our our departments do really really well working with people and solve a lot of problems. We have a terrific staff, but on occasion something might happen and um, you know someone's upset. So I'll usually peruse through and then I get about a hundred invitations a day. Could you speak here? Could you go there? Could you do this? Could you do that? I mean, hundred invitations. 
say well, dozens. maybe maybe it's maybe it's dozens. a dozen a day, a yeah. hundred in a week. It, it wouldn't be, and, and it's all kinds of things. Can you come speak to the Boy Scouts? Mm-hmm. You know, we're having a lemonade stand. We'd love the mayor to come by. We have um, the Palestinian Day. The, um, the up, we need you up at the temple for a twenty-five year celebration. And you're just a mayor. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what it is to be like a senator well, or whatever? Don't I mean, remember, you know, Johnson said. Um, I, I'm really happy I was elected president because I could have woken up and instead been a mayor. <laughs> yeah, right? And and, and This is Lyndon Meese Johnson. Yes, okay. yes, yeah. yes. And he said, Thank God I wasn't a mayor. I only had to be the president. <laughs> and I think that's true. I mean, that's why, you know, someone with executive um, experience, you know, whether it's a mayor or like Pete Buttigieg, that's why he's doing so well. I think he has a lot of good executive experience. And so governors, mayors um, people who've actually run um, the business of government, I think, make good higher uh, higher elected officers oftentimes. Wow, I can't even imagine 10 people a day mm-hmm. asking you to speak somewhere. Yeah, so you get all these speaking invitations. I went through a thousand cards so far I mean, this but year. How do you like... How do you prepare? Do you, no, no. How do you decide? Like, what to okay, do? I mean, like, like I make you sure spend I, your whole life giving speeches. <laughs> you could, you could. So I try to balance it. I try to make sure that you know I. Have, do you, do, maybe you ask like, what's the buffet like? <laughs> <laughs> usually, usually. What kind of food are you what serving? What kind of food there? are you Is serving? <laughs> no, the best ones that I go to that I've been to lately are um, because we're in like the season of a lot of the Chinese, like the lunar moon, the Luna season and things like that and I go to some of them that literally no one speaks English I'm the only person who speaks English those are the ones you like I, I and all I all day long all I hear and then I hear Mayor Donna Colson and I know that's my cue to get up and go to the stage and then unfortunately I can't I don't have Google Translate in my in my head so I usually have to have someone translate for me but they're all fun and everybody is so appreciative to have anyone from the council show up and so we try to go to everything that we can and just be the face of Burlingame. And let's pause about that because I don't know what percentage of the cities in America have such a wacky system like Burlingame where the council rotates rotates as yeah. the mayor. So you are not actually elected as mayor. Yes, that's You're true. You're elected on the city council and then the council members rotate every four years. Well, so sorry, every year, one every year, every single year. Yeah, so every year. In, in December, we have what's called it. We have our rotation and the mayor rotates off and just goes back to being a regular council sorry, person. Uh, four council members. So there's five council members, five council members. Mm-hmm. And so they each a, spend a year mm-hmm. as mayor. One year as vice mayor, one year as mayor. So you get training wheels, which is good. A vice mayor, the vice okay. mayor training wheels. So and vice mayor goes to a lot of funerals. <laughs> the vice mayor gets to back up everything the mayor can't do so okay, yeah um, it works really well so so it's a very civilized approach right which is fascinating it's, it's like very, so very what civilized. percentage donna i mean you probably don't know this mm-hmm. but what percentage of cities in america towns that have such a weird system well it, on the peninsula the only elected mayor is san bruno so the mayor of San Bruno is elected many, 20, 20 cities on the 20 cities in the yeah. peninsula. So so we have one Only one where the the people mm-hmm. elect the mayor directly. It's really a big city phenomenon. So Mayor uh-huh. Breed, you have Breed is the San Francisco mayor. Yes. Mm-hmm. So she would be elected. You have San Jose, Oakland, mm-hmm. um, all of those mayors are generally elected. They're very, you know, big cities over 100,000 like people. 
all have elected mayors. In our little cities, um, we tend, it's just easier to do a rotation. Would you happen to know if it's the same thing in, let's say, Nebraska or? I don't know, but you know what's really interesting? One of my, one of the, one of our constituents is going to Burlingame, Kansas this week. And um, we're both named after Anson Burlingame. They're a town of 600 people, very rural. And they're taking along um, a beautiful book. They're taking a letter from me. And so we're going to learn. We're going to find out what they do in Burlington, Burlingame, Kansas, and see how it might be the so same So maybe they, you don't know if they are directly elected. Yeah, I don't mayor, know but, if they do or but not. But at, at least in this neck of the country, it mm-hmm. seems that if you're not a big city, you'll have this kind of rotating council yes. thing. Yes, yes. So imagine, if you will, like, I don't know what's the what's an analogy like you elect well it's like the ceo America, of the yeah. company rotating right like yeah, yeah. The, the or the chairman of the board of a company just rotates how long has this know? been in place oh it's been in place i'm the 50th mayor of burlingame and it's been in place um 50 years it, well you know as long as i can remember there may wow. have been a day when the mayor was elected and, okay. the, and and there's some historical people here in town that i know would know that answer right. but i'm not really sure but i think it's a very reasonable thing because it, you know first of all it it balances power out and the, really the only extra duties you do so the mayor tends to respond on behalf of the council to all these incoming emails so you respond people can respond directly but generally we respond so somebody upset or angry about a pothole or whatever will respond on behalf of the council then individuals can go in we are kind of the figurehead we get invited to a lot of these um events and things ribbon cuttings and all that have and you gained then, weight from all the no, food that you've gosh it's the opposite <laughs> <laughs> stressful it's very stressful and, and it gives you gray hair for sure um, and then, and then, you know, the other thing is the mayor does have agenda setting privileges and there are really important votes about, um, things like transit where we put, um, there might be six people throughout the county from different cities that want to take a seat on a countywide transit commission. And so for example, the mayors would vote that in. So the mayor does have a little bit of extra authority in our town. We generally, um, um, we generally, all kind of think similarly a little bit so it's not it's it's not like it's a big contested thing um but we give each other the courtesy of sort of you know making sure that we check in around um a couple of those things we might put them on an agenda for example so even though you were vice mayor Mm -hmm. there must have been some things and you were training on your training wheels before you became the mayor something must have shocked you or surprised you once you actually stepped into those mayor's shoes and you filled it in. Yes. What, what surprised you? <laughs> Maybe many things. I don't know. Yeah. Well, one thing. Like, did... what's in this closet? I never knew. Yeah, Here are the nuclear clothes for Burlingame. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, there aren't any of those. But, um, you know, what, what did... Su- well, first of all, I just have to say, my training wheels came with a great... Um, I had a great... Uh, someone pushing me on the back really well. And that was Mayor Michael Brownrigg. So I was very fortunate to get to be the vice mayor under him. And he really took me under his wing and he brought me to a lot of meetings. And he he really indoctrinated me into um, the world of what I was going to be getting into. And I really appreciated that. We had a, an excellent working relationship. Um, so I was very fortunate to have a two-time mayor mentor. And and Ann Keegren has been mayor four times. So, you know, that what what I would say has surprised me is um, the level 
high level of engagement of the citizens of Burlingame. And it's a pleasant surprise. Um, there's a lot They're not of, all apathetic like me. No, <laughs> no. They actually come, they write in, they they meet. I probably have, you know, maybe five to ten constituent meetings a week. Um, just people who need to talk to me about whatever it may be. They bought a home. They didn't know it was historic. Um, they're trying to add on an accessory dwelling unit. They're trying to remodel. They're trying to figure something out. They have a small business. They want to get on a board or a commission. They don't know how to do it. So, you know, just the amount of, like, um, time that we spend engaging our um, citizens is is way more than I thought. And it's wonderful. It's a great benefit of our city. And one of the things that I think you told me once, and I confirmed this, you don't even have like an assistant who like goes through your email. No, no. (laughs) This is why I wake up at four in the morning and start going through my email. This is why I sleep only three hours. People go, wait, you answered me at one and then again at five. (laughs) I'm like, yes. Um, So no, it's, um, we don't. We, we, the good news is we do have the city of Burlingame has a, an amazing staff. Our city manager, Lisa Goldman, absolutely I mean, rock solid. And and it's a really interesting staff. Um, it's a lot of women, frankly. Um, we have a very diverse staff, women, minorities. Um, we have um, gay, lesbian. We kind of have it all in Burlingame. So we're really fortunate that it's super diverse and that um, these people are very committed to the city. Some of them commute as far as Livermore to come and work for us, which we're really, really, I know, our head of public works He's amazing, and um, a lot, most of them live locally, but we're such a good city to work for that people are willing to commute quite a ways. So we, I don't have a staff per se of my own, but I have an amazing staff that does research, writes reports, helps me organize the agenda and the calendars, you know, can print letters off for us and things like that. So we're really, really fortunate in that regard. Are you fortunate with your fundraising? Because one thing that a lot of people talk about at the highest level, at the Congress, congressional levels and the presidential level, national levels, that kind of stuff, is that they spend an inordinate yeah. amount of time fundraising, like some estimates of like 60, 70, 80% of their yeah. time fundraising, which seems incredibly stupid and a waste of of, of, of time. And yet, yeah. so what about here at the local level? Do you What percentage of your time... When you're not going to these events that you get 10 invitations a day, (laughs) um, what percentage of the time do you spend fundraising? So when I'm not in campaign mode, I spend zero time fundraising. Um, And that could not be said at the congressional level. No, no, no. Or what about the governor of... of, Oh, no. These people are fundraising like almost all the time. And and in Congress... So Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, is fundraising while we're having this nice chat. I'm... I'm sure that they spend a lot of time and in Congress, you, you know, you have to remember they only run, they run every two years. So almost every, so I'd say once a year, they have a big fundraising event, you know, whether they're running or not. And, and then there's just a lot of, you know, kind of constant, you know, right now with presidential elections too, there's just constant fundraising going on constant. So, you know, California and the Bay area is really sort of the democratic party's ATM. 
And so we're fun. We're getting people coming in all the way from New York to do fundraising here. Probably the Republicans too. I mean, don't, I mean, it's the Republicans it's just in the Bay the Area wealth. a little bit, but not quite as much as of late. But I mean, California. But so California for we sure. We do have Republicans. Oh, absolutely, yeah. and we, and we have wealthy people. So yeah, for sure, right. for sure, people come out here and fundraise. I mean, no, no doubt, Trump spends time out here, and people in the Republican Party spend significant time out here, and the candidates do. Um, but overall, I would say proportion. It's more um, on the Democratic side. But the good news about these local elections is, you know, you can run one on, you know, 20 to $30,000. They're not, they're not high. You know, you have to do a mailer or two. You have some lawn signs, which is one of mine's over here. But like for me, being the green girl that I am, I recycled my lawn signs. So I saved oh. them from last time. And, and then I just stuck a sticker. Yeah, 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 I stuck I, a sticker on them. And so that saved me a lot of money and yeah. a lot of landfill. Right. And, um, you know, so you have a few, you know, you have some things like that. You have some mailers. You have a few things you got to get out. But overall, um, and we have limits on our fundraising here. So we have, um, you can't write a check bigger than around $688, one person. And for a business, it's around 1300 So um, generally, like for someone like me, most of my checks are $25 to, you know, five six hundred dollars and the bulk of them are in that smaller range and you know like 150 people might donate to my campaign in the course of you know maybe two months so it's sort of like we send out the call like hey we need to do a little bit of fundraising and then it's a little bit like christmas you go to the mailbox every day and very lovely people in burlingame who know that they need to support you and um, want to be there for you and know how much you're doing for them, send them in a lot of times with really cute little like, go Donna, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for all you do. So it's a very hometown kind of homespun sort of grassroots effort. What would you say is, we got to wrap it up, but I want to I haven't told you the most fun thing in the day of the life of the mayor, Oh, though. yeah, please. So so let me tell you what I did two days ago. All right. We had a turtle rescue. Wait, I think you might have told me. This. I had a turtle rescue. Okay, I heard about the so, turtle. So, so where was the turtle? Was so the turtle like, was crossing the street. Which so, street? So he was actually not in Burlingame. I was going to a um, an event down in Menlo Park. Um, called the Council of Cities lunch. Which is about 20 miles away. Or yeah, something. and we were driving, and I was driving along, and all of a sudden, big busy road, turtle running in the middle of the road. Wow. So, and, the, and the mayor of Menlo Park was not available. Nowhere to be so found. To- and the police department, I couldn't, they couldn't get there fast enough. So we had to stop the car. We had to get out. We well, had wait, to stop but, all the traffic. But, 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 but this is not because, I mean, you could have done this whether you're mayor or not. I right? could have done it. But you know what? But As you, mayor, I felt ultra responsible for the turtle. <laughs> yes, yes. I did. And so, um, you know, I think it's part of being mayor is there's a lot of animal love in being mayor. Yeah. So you get a lot of pictures with cute little dogs and kittens and puppies. and um, a <laughs> Babies lot of people, are so last babies century. Babies are last century <laughs> in Burlingame. You get a few kids, but you get more animals. So um, one of the great things about being part of um, you know, being involved in Burlingame is, 
you do take a lot of pictures with people. They're really cute. Right. They want to they want to do it. But yeah, and in election season, there's just a ton, a ton of. Do you have an Instagram account? I do. It's okay. not great. Okay, but I mean, do you, that's where you should feature your. Turtle I do. Shots. I have my turtle shots. So I'm going to feature <laughs> it in my newsletter that you've helped me write. Okay, so. that's right. Very good. <laughs> this newsletter is going to be all about the animals of Burlingame that support Donna. <laughs> okay, great. Well, Donna, I wish you the best for re-election. Any last uh, favors that you should ask for the people besides their vote, but whether they're living in Florida or in Bulgaria, what would you I would say do not skip your local elected um, officials. They work very hard for you. They don't get paid, most of them. And I would say take the time to get to know your local electeds. And when there's, um, and don't just vote in big presidential or gubernatorial races. We are getting our elections on to the even years, off the odd and onto the even. So more participation will have more democratic participation. But I would say that if you look around and think about who is going to make a difference in your life, who can help you with the stop sign or the crosswalk or reduce greenhouse gas emissions in your neighborhood, who can help you with the new park, the new community center, your library, your schools. It's your local elected officials who impact your day 80 to 90% more than the governor or the president or even your state senator. So don't forget them. Don't skip them. Take the time to learn who they are and make sure you cast a responsible ballot for a person who aligns with you and your heart and your ambitions. And that concludes this episode of the Wander Learn podcast, where we explore travel technology and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we talked about, or if you'd like to comment on the show, or if you'd like to ask me a question, then go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. Would you like to win $1,000 in travel credits? Visit tourradar.com slash wanderlearn to enter this amazing contest. Tour Radar is a Wanderlearn sponsor, and we want you to travel beyond your comfort zone. So visit tourradar.com slash wanderlearn to enter this $1,000 contest. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember FTAPON. That's my first initial and my last name. FTAPON is the username I use on all social media. You can also get to my website by going to FTAPON. Now here's one more reason to remember FTAPON. If you like what I do and want to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash FTAPON. That's where you can pick up some sweet rewards for as little as $1 a month. Now here's five quick favors I ask from you. Number one, subscribe to the WanderLearn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it. Four, review it. And five, sign up for my newsletter at ftapon.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.